What is up? It's January 11th. This is episode 83 of the Chasing Points podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. My name is Sam. This is our first episode of the new year, isn't it? It's our second. Oh, it feels like our first. Big. It's a big day, though, January 11th in uh, Chasing Points podcast lore. Do you know what today is? That's why it's our new year, because it's two-year anniversary. Boom, 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 boom. There you go. Yeah, two years ago today was our first episode of the Chasing Points podcast, and now we're at eighty-three. Man, congratulations! Look at us, we did it, Mama. I made it. I can't. I I need more energy than that, Sam. I just did a whole sirens and everything like that. Pew, I mean, pew. Okay, all right. That was Sam shooting his Buzz Lightyear. This is all I got laser. today, man. I'm, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing her today. We're this is what we're doing. <laughs> What's up, man? How you been? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Yeah, but well, because it was a week you ago. Damn near been dead, so that's why. <laughs> um, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm uh, avoiding whatever came your way and hoping that you have a speedy recovery. But you know, I'm just uh, I'm excited because the playoffs are here. I'm excited that I have a, a week to to myself to not stress about my team, and then it goes right back to stressing. Uh, I make a vow to myself at the beginning of every year not to drink, and I'm 100% sure I'm probably going to break that next week as soon as the Eagles play. So, or two weeks, excuse me, when the Eagles play. So, three times. Yeah, they're going to drive you to drink because you're in a good mood or a bad mood. That's what we're going to have to tackle next week. I don't care if the Eagles are up by like two touchdowns and it looks like they're running away with the game there's something that always happens. They'll still pull it out somehow, some way, depending, especially this year, but they still make me drink. Like, it's like a nervous drink. There you go. All right. That works. As a Jets fan, I haven't experienced anything like that in about 12 years now. So we'll, we'll just go there. But hey, man, it's wild card weekend. We just had a uh, flop of a national title game and uh, got some other sports news to talk about. How about we start our podcast? Before we start, Sam. So if oh, I brought okay. a if I brought another co-host in here, are you gonna make their life miserable and outwork them? What do you mean? That was a Zach Wilson reference. Clearly that went oh. over your head, but no, it didn't because one of the do you cares I wanted to do, and then I realized don't want to talk about Zach Wilson is <laughs> he said whoever the Jets bring in, he's gonna make the competition a living hell for them. And I'm like, okay, so I Put that in my uh, this you know Jets text thread that I talk about a lot. And, you know our buddy Dave's in it, and my buddy Cohen shoots back. Well, he's been making my life a living hell for two years, so I thought it was a pretty good comeback. But yeah, no, let's not talk about Zach Wilson today, <laughs> or tomorrow, or next ever, or maybe yeah, okay. ever. Maybe Joe Douglas can do his magic and trade him for like a first round pick or. Or maybe they can find a way to bring him back to college football, which is exactly where we're going to start this episode. with. Yeah, man. Look at that segue. So, yeah, Yeah. um, I texted you yesterday. Maybe it was before the title game, uh, Georgia TCU. And if if you're living under a rock, it's it's Tuesday night now. But uh, Georgia ran, I guess could say ran away, uh, complete beatdown, won by like 58 points, 65 to 7 over TCU on Monday night in LA. And uh I I texted you before and it was like the, the odds were like plus three fifty or something for 
TCU. So I threw some bucks on it. So I'd like to um, just see if I can deduct the money that I wasted um, betting on TCU just to, you know, see if I could deduct that from my taxes for this no, year. No, because yeah. those are no, you deserve all I, of that because you, yeah. you, uh, you don't deserve to get any of your money back because there's a reason that those odds were those odds. Um, and the reason why Georgia beat them 65 to seven, uh, you know, that rock that you said in case they were living people are yeah, yeah, to know one. about the game. TCU yeah. was under that rock and clearly did not <laughs> feel like showing up. Um, so it was, here we if are. I told you it was close for like four minutes, maybe someone would believe me, but it was an utter beatdown. Like the, the players were eating on the sideline and just like at one point, like it was. They were like playing a high school team. It looked like at, at times it was busted coverage everywhere. It was a mess, man. What are your, how much of this game did you watch? And uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, again, the two-time champion University of Georgia Bulldogs? I watched a halftime because I didn't need to see anymore because I saw all I needed to see. It was compl- It was done before halftime, so I really could have turned it off, but I just wanted to see if TCU was going to uh, – do anything and i was watching it on xbox with uh harrison and dame and dame was like yeah you know he's like yeah i'm gonna watch the a little bit of the second half he was like uh you know tcu you know they might have some comeback in them like almost the sentiment of rg3 who went on twitter and said that tcu are the comeback people and i said to dame i said i i don't know how much of uh georgia you've watched this year but in the second half, Georgia turns it up even more. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what they did here. Um, Stetson Bennett with six TDs. Uh, his story is such a crazy story. And the fact that he's older than Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what's the young man from uh, the Niners? Brock Purdy, Tua Tagovailoa. Tua, yep. Yeah. He's older than Davis all Mills. of them. And still there and just his journey to get to where he was, uh, to where he is at this point in time to basically bring Georgia to the brink of being a dynasty because they have a chance to complete that next year. Absolutely wild. Their defense. So crazy. But it's it's now going to open the floodgates. The people that were talking about how bad or that TCU didn't belong there. So for those that say TCO didn't belong there, I have a problem with you because they beat Michigan. They didn't just walk into here. And Michigan was undefeated until they played TCU, and TCU beat them. TCU had one loss, right? Now, Bama obviously handled their 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 bowl game. They destroyed, forgot who they even played, and so it's not even relevant. Um, and then Georgia almost lost to Ohio State if it wasn't for a missed field goal. All right. So it was the semifinals was probably one of the best semifinals I've seen in quite some time. But this was literally the biggest point differential in any bowl game in college football history. Period. And it's wild because they won, as you mentioned, they won by one point the week mm -hmm. before, you know, two weeks before, whatever it is, 10 days. And then they go turn it around and just get, you know, their butt kicked by 58 points. Yeah, it's it. Uh, they played Kansas State, Bama. They won like 45 to 20 or something. Yeah, like that. It, it was very 
just dessert really for uh Nick Saban to be on that set, especially at halftime. I didn't watch till the end of the game as I turned it off in the, the third. Um, but to just see like Nick Saban give it to his old like having to give his flowers to his old uh coordinator there, Kirby Smart, and uh just sit up there knowing that at least his team would probably give more of a fight. But yeah, it's I've o I have I don't know if I'm like an SEC truther, but it's hard to play in that conference. It's hard to play in the Big Ten. Like the, I feel like two losses in the SEC should carry more weight sometimes. And I think we mm-hmm. kind of saw it. So. You see it every time, like uh, you know, Notre Dame got into the into the BCS or something like that, and it just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the just the playing fields are not equal. And it, you know, we saw that. But again, they did. To your point, they did beat Michigan and Georgia narrowly beat Ohio State. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, it's yeah. really every year thus far, and it's probably going to be the same next year until two years from now when it's the, the 12 team playoff, which I absolutely cannot wait for. But it's it's going to be an SEC, SEC team or Ohio State. It's going to be that. And I'm excluding Michigan because... Jim Harbaugh might not be there and it's looking very, very, uh, I guess, forthcoming that that's going to happen. Uh, so I, I definitely see Ohio State staying around um, unless my Penn State can do something. But I don't believe in James Franklin. Uh, so I just see the Buckeyes, Bama, Georgia being right around there. And whoever the other team is, is a mystery at this point. But I definitely can see those three teams being there. Uh, but the, to your point of the SEC, it's just they have recruiting like no other. Where they're located is where a lot of major football players are bred. But what I also do love, and as you're starting to see, there's it looks like the playing field is evening out since the NIL became a thing, right? Because right. people now these players can get uh, paid for their name, image, likeness uh, anywhere, right? And still still get an opportunity to, to get some shine. So I think you're going to see, especially with that 12-team playoff, I think you're going to start seeing the playground uh, being evened out a little bit more, the playing field being evened out even more. So I'm ready for that. But, I mean, to your point, the SEC is the SEC. And I do – I think they the committee does look at them like, well, they just played Bama and they played Georgia and they lost to those two teams, but they didn't lose to anybody else. Like, that's a – that puts you up there for sure. Yeah. And I think there there still is a disadvantage with the NILs because they're only legal, I guess, in a handful of states, right? Is that is that changing at all? I don't think it's changing, right? I'm sure just like anything, you know, when it's new, you know, they don't want to change certain things, but it's gonna change. It's definitely gonna change. It has to. Right. Yeah, it's and and to the Harbaugh point about not being at Michigan anymore, it took him so long to like build that program i mean he was almost fired a million times and left a million times like i think the writing's on the wall now i think the writing's been ever. on the wall it's been on yeah. the wall even before to your point he was gonna be gone and then covid happened and came back out and then michigan looks like michigan now so it's it's been like a love-hate relationship yeah. is pretty much his whole time there and now they're actually getting good and it's just like I don't think he really wanted to be there anyway. I think he wanted to take some time in college football, rebuild his his name, and go back to the NFL, where he was, did great with the Niners. 
He did do yeah. great with the Niners. He turned that team around he did. quickly. He turned that offense around quickly. He made he helped Colin Kaepernick and he really helped Alex Smith. Um to think of the amount of coordinators and whatnot he Alex Smith had in his early uh career with the Niners mm-hmm. kind of just helped make him a you know a a good starting quarterback in this league for sure. Uh and and yeah, he flirted with the Vikings last year. Got an increase from the Wolverines, and yeah, uh, you know enough of, about him there because uh, again, I think we'll get we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But I think Harbaugh's probably uh, probably looking to get out of Michigan there too. But um, you know, Georgia's just dominance the last two years. Twenty nine wins are the most in a two year span in SEC history, and tied for the most over. Um, two years in major college football history and Georgia is the fifth team in major college football history to go 15 and 0 or better. So yeah, they've certainly cemented the, uh, the foundation and to go, to go three and, uh, you know, a three peat here, just uh, looking at Caesar's odds for the season, uh, plus three seventy five for Georgia to three peat next year. Bama's behind them at five fifty. Ohio State six fifty, USC's at a thousand. Uh, you know Caleb Williams there, LSU fourteen hundred, Michigan fourteen hundred, and uh, according to Caesars, uh, Clemson's at eighteen hundred. Are so. you taking Georgia? Or are you taking the field? That's a great question. I I would take the field. Just I would take the field, but I do not want to underestimate how dominant they have been mm-hmm. over the last two years and you know as you meant i you know i don't think stetson bennett the fourth is going to be their quarterback next year right well, he's but, not he's yeah he's he's still yeah he's, yeah, yeah. If I remember but, correctly. you know so i don't know enough about how deep that talent is on that roster but i know it, it exists it certainly does they georgia lost a ton of players to the nfl last year and it they didn't miss a beat on defense nope Two, uh, two of from, their biggest, two of their biggest players are on my team. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan yeah, Davis right. and Kobe Dean. <laughs> if it wasn't for busted coverage uh, last night, they'd probably uh, would have just shut out TCU. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what do you think? I I would just take the I would take the field just for the odds of it. But you know, I I certainly don't want to discount what this program's done over the last couple of years. I'm taking the field for a couple of th- reasons. I'm taking a field because that's better. It's like you said, it's the odds. I'd much rather take the odds in that one. Uh, but also with Stetson Bennett not presumably not going to be there. I'm pretty sure he's not eligible to be there anyway next year. So he's gone. They're going to have somebody new in there. They're going to have to learn the offense. I don't think that. And then I also think that even though I hate to say this, cause I hate this damn team. Uh, I think after Nick Saban sitting there watching, that game and hearing all the talk, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. But also, I don't know who their next quarterback is. So I got to look and see who their backup quarterback is or who the quarterback is going to be starting next year because it's going to be a different situation. So I'm curious to see, but I take the field for sure. Yeah, it's um be interesting thing to watch for sure. But um, yeah, I would I would certainly put money down that Georgia would be back in the same position next year, or at least in, you know, certainly making the playoffs there, but yeah, just um, uh, kind of a, I, I love the title game, kind of a dud t- 
to watch. I'm I'm not sure what ratings look like, but uh, kudos to TCU. I mean, they as you mentioned, they had you know they lost one game. They had to beat Michigan. They beat Michigan, and uh, you know, for a, a program like that to to you know run with the big boys like that, and, you know, um, heck of a season from uh, from everyone down in uh, Texas there. So um, yeah, kudos to them. But it's kind yeah. of a it's a, an uneven playing field. Enough of the kudos. Let's get yeah. to the NFL because there's been some uneven things happening there. Hey. Um, yeah, the wild card weekends this weekend. A lot of matches. We'll get into that for sure. But um, where you want to start? Where I want to start? I'll just jump you on this one. Where I want to start is the last game of the NFL season, uh, where the Detroit Lions, knowing that the the Seahawks beat the Rams in last second field goal in overtime, um, they came into Green Bay knowing that they were they Done. were out of the playoffs. Done. You know, even though they won like seven games in a row or whatever it was, um, they knew they were eliminated. But if they won, they were kicking the Packers out of the playoffs. And for a rivalry like that, and for basically everything that the Packers quarterback has been running his mouth for last week and all the stuff he said about, um, you know, the Lions in the past, the Lions were certainly hungry to basically, I saw a couple players tweet too. Like if, if you're not going in, we're not going in. Like if you're not making it, we're not making it um, kind of thing. So kudos to them. Dan Campbell has this team playing. They play hard. They might be one of the toughest teams in the NFC for sure. Uh, and this is at without a, uh, you know, guy like Jamison Williams healthy yet. And, DeAndre Swift's been battling injuries all year. Mm-hmm. And that defense will get better. Aiden Hutchinson is a just a monster. And uh, you know, really good quarterback play. Inconsistent at times, but good, good overall from from George, uh, Jared Goff. And yeah, uh just like that, the Lions knock out the pack from the playoffs. And uh now we're in the Aaron Rodgers carousel of will he, won't he? To be honest, I I personally don't care at all but um it'll be interesting hopefully hopefully he puts us out of our misery and and figures this thing out soon well i care for the game of football because he is one of the most impactful players and one of the greatest quarterbacks ever if not the greatest uh arm talent that we've ever seen at that position uh so i care to to that capacity i don't care with the antics and and him talking about uh his future before the game is even played I don't care about him disrespecting the Lions, a team that already beat the piss out of them earlier in the year, and then talking about them again as if you have their number like it's uh, the Bears, right? You have the Bears numbers, but you don't have the Lions number. Um, so I, I I don't know. Like He's he's great for media because you're going to get sound bites from him every time he goes in the McAfee show. So you're going to get good, crazy sound bites from um, that is going to give you content. No matter if you have a podcast or a national televised show, he's great for that. Uh, but outside of that, I, I, he hasn't won anything since that one Super Bowl. It's wild, he, man. I mean, I, let, let me be fair. When it, let me retract that. He hasn't won a Super Bowl since he won that last Super Bowl because he's won two MVPs. So he has won something. But an MVP to me means nothing if you can't get to the the chip. 
that's i.e. Aaron Judge. Great season, great accolades, didn't get a ring, don't really care. Like, it's great for the record book, don't really care because the outcome is not what he wanted. And I'm sure he'd tell you that and Aaron would tell you that. Um, I just... Well, let me let me give a shout out to uh, it's uh, Jamal Williams uh, for breaking Barry Sanders record and yep. uh, the emotional uh, post game interview. Uh, his grandfather, his great grandfather passing. Um, this young man has got a lot of heart. I know people were clowning him a hard knocks when he was crying. And Bart Scott, to be exactly uh, to be exact, excuse me. But uh, I love the heart that these guys have on this team. And I know that. Sam and I, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you have no idea what I'm saying when I'm saying this. But Dan Campbell is a fan of Sam and I's outside of that first interview. Uh, <laughs> that the 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 press gotta play that back, man. Him. We do. Um, but just just seeing what he has with his team, his his staff is made up of coaches that were former players, so the competitiveness runs through its its player coaches. And it's they're building something there. And I'm telling you right now, they are going to be scary as shit next year. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm telling you right now, the Lions will be a playoff team next year. And they could have been if they figured it out a little bit earlier in the season. And then I also want to say this, Sam, before I give this back to you, because I'm talking about this too much. We got other stuff to talk about. Jared Goff, I'm sorry. I will put some respect on your name now. Yeah. Yeah. I will put some respect on your name now. That's and, all I have. And they hold like a top five pick too, right? Or somewhere yeah. around there because I they believe have something around there. Yeah. They have the uh, Rams first round pick and the Matt Stafford trade. So, I mean, what a, what a trade for, for the Lions um, yeah. in that regard. But yeah, Dan, Dan Campbell was, has shown, showed in that game really quickly. I know we're, we're talking a lot about this, but showed a lot more than he's just like a, a good rah rah guy. Like he showed in that game on mm-hmm. Sunday that he could coach too. And he has been showing that for the last number of weeks where he's gotten this team to play for him and they're playing well. So yeah, they're going to, we've, I've, I've said this, we've said this for a number of weeks now, they're going to be a team on everyone's lips come next season because they, uh, if they, if they take this into next year, it's going to be something. Um, uh, Hey, speaking of laying eggs though, how about, how about those Cowboys America's team? Uh, <laughs> Just I don't even know what the final score was. I didn't have t- time to look it up. I don't really care. They looked really bad, man. Dak looked disjointed. The running game was just as disjointed. The the defense was not a playoff caliber defense, and they lost essentially to a team that had nothing to play for except for ruining the Cowboys' day. And they trotted out there like a fifth round pick in Sam Howell, uh, rookie quarterback and they played really well and uh the the redskins and the cowboys didn't and now the commanders sorry the commanders <laughs> um i that was two teams ago i'm, I'm yeah man, where am i my apologies so uh yeah so so now here we are the dallas cowboys uh and and no rest here now monday night playoff game first monday night playoff game that i can remember and now they got to go to Tampa Bay, even though they barely have a winning record, if that, but they got to play Tom Brady in the playoffs at home. And Tom Brady kicked their butt at the beginning of the year. Now I know Dak got hurt in that game, but still, it is what it is. 
Tom Brady in the playoffs and you're you're coming in hurt and you're coming in disjointed, man. I if I'm a cowboy fan, and I, I certainly don't hate the cowboys the way you do or have a feeling for them the way you do. But if I'm a Cowboys fan, I am nervous come Monday night um, with this matchup. As they should be. But if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm more pissed at uh, Mike McCarthy, the coaching staff, to decide to put our team out there and risk them. Uh, and, and risk them for what? This wasn't going to change any seating for you. This wasn't well, going to do anything. Well, weren't there weren't there scenarios though where if the Cowboys the only won scenario, and the Eagles lost and, and the Niners that they could have had home so, field? So so here's the thing. If the Eagles lost and then the Niners won, the Niners would have been the number one seed. So the Cowboys would have had to hope that the Eagles and the Niners were going to lose for them to get the number one seed. So if you look on paper and see the two teams that they played, even though they were games closer than they should have been, the Eagles are playing the Giants who weren't starting their premier starters. And the the what you call the Niners are playing the Cardinals. Man, we already know what their roster looks like right now. So did you really think that both of those teams were going to lose on that when they were playing their starters? Makes no sense whatsoever. So you now forfeit a in-season buy to play for something that you realistically weren't going to get. I can understand, to be fair, I can understand that they said, hey, listen, we're going to play you guys the first quarter yeah. or the first half, even. Once that game got out of hand. Exactly. Once, once we see what the other scores are, yeah, we're pulling everybody out. Because I don't blame them for trying to, to potentially go for something that they, they could have got, right? So yeah. if in the first quarter, okay, you can play our starters. But I'm going to watch. And as soon as I see it going south, like if the Niners are up by a lot or the Eagles are up by a lot, everybody's out. Yeah, that was question going in. And I feel like they didn't put Cooper Rush in until minutes left in the game where it was it was essentially meaningless. Yeah. Um I was flipping back between that game and the Eagles game, so I didn't see all of it, but I feel like the starters were in there way too long. Well, I mean, yeah, and Dak was staring down receivers way too long, throwing yeah. literally the so same the route two times in a row. And if you do that against a good cornerback or even not the greatest cornerback, you should expect the outcome of what you got, which was a pick six. And I truly, truly think, and I've been, I think I've been fair this whole season, the Cowboys. I, yeah, I would say I, so. I've, I've been trying to be fair this whole season, but I'm going to tell you Cowboys fans, because I like Dakota. I don't think Dakota is going to ever get you guys to the promised land especially if Dakota doesn't use his legs. If Dak uses his legs, it's a different player. But when he's standing right in the pocket, Dak is susceptible to everything. He looks uncomfortable in the pocket. And since he's come back, he led the NFL in interceptions. You can't do that in the playoffs. And especially against Tom Brady's teams, I forgot what this, the statistic was, but I heard it earlier today or read it earlier today, but Allowing Tom Brady's teams, uh, they lead in turnovers. They win the game easily, essentially. So Tom is already a hard out himself, even with 
the crappy schedule that they or crappy way they played throughout the whole season. But he's still Tom Brady. And this is the time that he rises to the occasion. So if I am a Cowboys fan, I am definitely nervous because you just lost to a third string quarterback and you guys actually really were trying. Tom Brady's not a third string quarterback. (laughs) And and he is 100% going to be trying. So good luck. I would put money and I would put a lot on knowing that if the Bucks lose this game on Monday night, it is not because of Tom Brady. Yeah. You are going to get, yeah. Tom, especially after this season, you're going to get Tom Brady's best. But yeah, I, I, I question too. I think you've been pretty fair with the Cowboys, especially coming off of last January's debacle to end that <laughs> game against the Niners and the, the runoff of those 13, 14 seconds or so and, mm-hmm. and going into the off season. But Jerry, man, you got if this doesn't if if they get embarrassed or lose this game on Monday, you, you got to blow this team up. You, ju- you you have I don't know what you can do with Dak. I you know but McCarthy's got to be gone. Got to look at you know. Got to look at I, some other I, options here. I'd gut the whole coaching staff. One hundred percent. I, I, I like Dan staff. Quinn. I think he's still doing. No, I would gut the whole coaching staff because there's a lot of other defensive coordinators out there that you can get that are available that can give you a solid defense as well. You need a guy that is going to be out there and doing that. And I'm telling you right now, if you're worried about defense, Sam, there's a guy by the name of D'Amico Ryans who is definitely a defensive-minded coach and is going to be definitely looking at a head coaching spot. You got him right there. So Defensive coordinator for the um, the Niners. But also Jerry has never hired a black head coach, so there's that too. So, yeah. Hey, it's facts, man. Uh, speaking of the firing, though, uh, really weird game in Houston. I think the writing was on the wall before the game that Lovey Smith was not going to return as to his second year as uh, the Texans head coach. But they end up winning. Yeah, they end up winning the game. They're the Texans and, and losing the rights to the number one picking and the number two pick. But then after the game, Lovey Smith fired. Um, this is the second head coach in two years for the Texans. And to a point you, you, you made similarly the second black head coach in two years that have, uh, essentially been one and done now, like the David Culley thing was a lot of people thought that that might just be like an interim, like just figure this out, especially after the whole Bill Mm O'Brien and, and Deshaun Watson thing, they needed someone, they were even toying with Josh McCown, like they're trying to just tread water here and but there was some thought i mean lovey smith was going to help rebuild this team and yeah they did not play well throughout the course of the year right but uh here they are i couldn't tell you why they got fired why he got fired well well, let's let's let me let me interject here you said they didn't play well throughout the season they played well against some of the top tier teams their in several games very and they well were in teams. the games. You're absolutely so right. he he got these guys to get up there and fight. The problem was is they lost like six games in a row in like the last five, ten minutes or five, five to eight minutes. So it's not like these guys weren't fighting. It's not like they don't have uh, the pieces there. But to your point, I, I truly believe that he was building something there. 
And just the same way I felt like Brian Flores was building something in Miami. And look where this team is now. Uh, Mike McDaniels gets the the credit of this season, even though they imploded uh, because Tua is concussed every other week. Um, But the fact that this is two black head coaches in a row and aren't really given an opportunity, period. That's Give the me. thing. If you're bad, you're bad. Yeah. But like, but Joe Judge was year? the head coach yeah. of the Giants for how many years? Two or three. I mean, the Adam Giants Gase was the head coach of the Jets for how many years? Yeah, three, I think. I, Cliff, I, bl- I blacked that out. You know that. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was the coach of the, the Cardinals how many years? Too long. Yeah. Right? So these guys keep Since getting Kyler these was opportunities, right? Yeah. Over and over again. But Lovey gets one shot. Didn't. Didn't Lovey go to the Super Bowl with uh, the Bears? I believe so. And Rex oh. Grossman. Oh, okay. And lost to Peyton Manning. Oh, okay. In the rain. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Miami. Prince Super Bowl. Probably one of the best Super Bowl halftime shows, too. But I I just hope I... Rex Grossman. You went to a Super Bowl with Rex yeah, Grossman. Yeah, yeah, that says a lot. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I just think... Even if I'm a black head coach or, or or somebody trying to be a head coach, I'm hoping to essentially avoid the Texans at all costs because their organization is ran like uh, a revolving door and they don't really care who comes in and out. They're just I just feel like it's a money laundering like type scheme that is going <laughs> on there. And they're just using this just to get their money clean and go from there because they clearly do not care about this team since losing to Sean Watson. Um, and I don't care about this team at all or what they do, except for a couple players on that team. But outside of like Stingley, which is really, really sad because Stingley's on that team and he's going to be he's such a good young cornerback. Yeah, that's not certainly a bummer. But I do want to transition, though, to a team that you do care about, care about a lot. Well, 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 well. Their loss or their win, we forgot to say about the Texans win. Oh yeah, Does last what, second Sam? win. That uh, I, I believe for most of the season, the Houston Texan, Texans owned the rights to the first round pick, <laughs> and now or the number one overall pick, and now it's the Chicago Bears. So I guess yeah. we'll. I was going to go to the to the Eagles and the Chiefs locking up number one overall. We're, we're going to get we'll, to we'll that. get there. We'll get there. I thought it was a nice segue, but we'll you're go from a right. one to a one. That's it. You know, first yeah, round by and one one. See? See, we're good. Only way is up. So here, here we go. Last second heroics by Davis Mills and going for two. I, I, we've said it on this podcast. Like it doesn't help your team. It doesn't help the future of your team, but you can't tell these players and like, they don't, yeah. they don't care. Davis Mills yeah. is, knows he's not going to be the starting quarterback of this team next year. He wants he wants to play somewhere. You can't tell these guys not to play. I disagree with it, but that's why I have a podcast and I'm not on a sideline or in a front office. But mm-hmm. uh so here we here we go. The Chicago Bears now hold the rights to the first, uh, number 1 overall pick and it it's come out from Chicago confirming that you know they're not going anywhere with Justin Justin Fields. They're keeping him and as they should yeah, and they're open to shopping the pick. And I think that's absolutely what you need to do in yeah. this case. Um, you know, they got rid of a lot of talent on this defense, and they're still bad. Roquan Smith, who we'll talk about in a second, uh, and and Robert Quinn and and whatnot. They they need a lot of pieces. They need to fix this line. They need some offensive weapons. They need certainly a lot of things on defense. 
a lot of places they could go at one overall, but if there's a team like the Colts or, or, uh, you know, even the Texans or, or someone that's looking at the Panthers that are looking at a quarterback, uh, I think that the, the phone lines in, in Chicago need to be ringing because it would make uh, best for them to, to trade back. Ryan Poles, yeah. call up Howie Roseman and ask him how to fleece yes. other teams. <laughs> Because you can do a lot with the first round pick and you can literally make the future with that first round pick because Justin Fields needs a line and he needs some offensive players. And I tell you right now, if they get that, they will be in the playoffs next year. Telling you that right now, Sam. Um, That's really funny. But go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. But we can talk about playoffs. Uh, and we can talk about teams that are the number one seed uh, and also have a first round bye, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs and my Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles decided that they just wanted to clinch it in the last game of the season when they had three weeks in a row to do it, um, which absolutely drove me crazy. I I tell you right now, Sam, if I hear one goddamn person come to me and tell me about Minshew mania. I might roundhouse kick them right in the jaw. Um, I don't think that issue has been put to bed for sure. Yeah. There's Minshew mania is nothing to me ever again. So thank you. He's, he's proven that he's a backup quarterback. I appreciate that. His footwork is terrible, but anyway, uh, these two teams have been arguably the best two teams about the whole season. Uh, The quarterback play has been, Absolutely excellent. And it's between those two. Uh, there's arguments from what I would say for Jalen that he, those two games of him being away proves why he's the MVP. But also while he was away, Mahomes is putting up more numbers. Uh, and they were the number one offense, I believe, uh, statistically, a number one passing yards, um, number one in touchdowns. So that that bodes well for Patrick Mahomes. But they both get a first round bye, so they get to sit at home this week uh, and watch the team potential teams that they can play. And I think for the Eagles, it's either the Bucks or Cowboys, uh, if I remember correctly. And yeah, they're going to play the lowest seed, whoever wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm really curious to see how that pans out. And then uh, I don't know who the well, same one on the cheap side, whoever the lowest is on there. But shout outs to them for doing that and and having great 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 seasons. Um, not so great season for Cliff Kingsbury, Sam. Didn't we? Didn't we call? I'm pretty I think, sure I called this coming. I knew this was. Coming. I think so. I mean, they okay. they uh, at least uh, Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, did the right thing after mm-hmm. doing the wrong thing and extending him and Steve Kime, um, by letting go of Cliff Kingsbury, even though they owe him like four more years of money, and and Steve Kime's been away from the team for couple months with health issues and he has stepped down and uh, you have to believe that you know i hope everything's all right with him for sure that's that's first and foremost but Mm -hmm. uh that he would not be returning if if things were different to now they now there's a bit of a mess in arizona i mean they cliff's teams have started strong and just evaporated and i mean this year they didn't have kyler for number of games say you know the hopkins injury just poor coaching uh, you know, a lot he going should have on. Never been a head coach. He should have been an offensive coordinator. That's it. 
period. I mean, yeah, you're you're right, and I'm sure he will get that opportunity somewhere. I mean, they uh, the Cardinals are going to be paying him for a number of years, so he can uh, he can go somewhere else. But um, now now you have the third pick in in Arizona, and you're you're clean house and be interesting. I I read something uh, the other day that said Kyler is going to be involved in coaching yeah. talks, which I think is interesting for. I mean. <laughs> I usually advocate for something like that when you're, you know, LeBron James or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, someone of Hall of Fame stature. But when you are a, a guy coming off your rookie deal and you haven't won a playoff game yet and you have input on uh, on what the team is going to do, the only input I want to hear from Kyler Murray is what his Call of Duty team is going to do because I really do not, like... <laughs> I don't know if it's just lip service, but like, so, okay, so, right. so, coach, what's your favorite game mode in Call of Duty? I need to know what your favorite gun is, and do you play Warzone? Go. <laughs> That's just gonna be his question for every single one of them. Uh yeah, I, I, I mean, I get it. This, you're supposed to give the guy that you just paid a whole lot of money to. Uh, and it's supposed to be the face of your franchise, the opportunity to sit down and and vet, I guess, head coaches. Uh, so I'm really, really curious to see who and who it could be. Um, he he's definitely gonna want an offensive minded coach. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guarantee that the head coach of the Cardinals is gonna be an offensive minded coach, gonna come from the offensive side because he wants to throw the ball and he wants to make sure that the game planning is right. But uh I'm I'm actually really really intrigued to see this because I'm I'm not used to seeing a Cardinals team uh, not relevant. You know what I mean? Like it's it's I I like seeing the Cardinals play well. I, I love their jerseys. I love the stadium. I've been there. Um, I love the the area. So I like to see the Cardinals flourish. But and I I really like a lot of the players on that team. So I'm just really I'm thoroughly intrigued to see what's going to happen with that team. I, I like a lot of this team. I like Kyler Murray. I, I do just as well. Think like he's owed a boatload of money. You're attached to the hip to him for a number of years. You can't you get are. out of it. And he, I mean, he's he was number one overall pick, and he played when he's healthy and he's playing well. Like, yeah, he's he's, he's really good. Ball, yeah. yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's really good. And uh, you know, there's there's certainly it's it's a mess there, mm-hmm. uh, but they'll. They got some pieces, as you mentioned, and and hopefully they can figure some stuff out. It's an it's got to be an attractive coaching spot. I mean, it's play golf, you know, beautiful golf courses. You can play whenever you want, you know, franchise quarterback. You know, you could you could play. You could be in worse spots if you're a head coach, but uh, certainly a, a lot of work to be done. They have the third overall pick. I'm, I'd imagine it's going towards alignment, def- uh, offensive lineman. Or you know maybe even a defensive lineman like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson of Bama or something like that. But um, yeah, just uh, a mess there. But a, a shining light in this Arizona season, or at least the last couple games, has has been JJ Watt. And to see him have a big day and to get a standing ovation uh, in San Francisco um, at the Levi Stadium, which is the only stadium that he hasn't played in which I thought was kind of like a fitting end there uh, to had a, a couple sacks, I think. Right. And just a big day. And they took him off the field at like the two minute warning. So he could do his whole walk off and, and the crowd certainly gave, you know, gave it back to him. Um, 
and just a you know certainly a, a future Hall of Famer. And what the guy does off the field is just as impressive as what he does on the field. And um, certainly a bright spot in that that Cardinal team for sure uh, will be missed um, too. So uh, just props to uh, Hall of Fame career for JJ uh, Watt for sure. Yeah, solid career. Uh, even more solid guy. Uh, I will be happy to not see his nose bleeding uh, every week. Um, but yeah, absolutely a defensive powerhouse. I uh, forgot to um, like remember how off uh, on offense how like lethal he was. They put him like line him up as a oh, fullback yeah, and yeah. just at the goal goal just, line. Yeah. Just ram people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was something else. But yeah, he's sol- absolutely solid career. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool that. Uh, his brother wore his jersey and vice versa. Um, Both of them. Yeah, yeah, so that was really, really cool to to hear and or see. Um, Derek Carr's like, remember me? I'm still here. I'm still in the NFL. Yeah, well, sorry, Derek Carr. Uh, you might be retiring, even though you're saying you're not retiring. But this not next Derek coach... Carr, uh, Derek Watt. Like, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like... Mm. Derek Watt's like, hey, remember me? I'm the yeah. little brother. Like, okay. nobody. I don't remember him. Um, we might not be remembering uh, Sean McVay because he's thinking Ooh. again about retiring. Uh, and I would be thinking about retiring too after you guys had a Super Bowl hangover. I mean, you you won, uh, but you've also mortgaged off your future. So he's probably going to get the hell up out of Dodge because they have no picks, Sam. Their picks are given out to everybody. They were Oprah with the picks. They said, you get a pick. You get a pick. You get a pick. And they gave out all their damn picks. But it was worth it at that time. Yeah, it was worth it. See, the thing is... Was it worth it? Would you do that? that, That's that's the thing. Like, it was... You could say it was worth it in the moment because they got a ring, and the ultimate goal is to get a ring. But if you're there for and you're trying to make a career out of this or build the dynasty, is it worth it in the long run? To me, no. But you also, some people have played their whole career and never gotten a ring. Dan Marino, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, never got a ring, right? So you take the risk that you can can take to get that. Uh, but to hear that he is contemplating retiring is very interesting to me because he's young. It's not like he's old coach. He's young. It's not the first time these rumors have come yeah. out either. So I'm really curious as to if he just has other endeavors that he wants to uh, really, really uh, venture into, or if he just is seeing the writing on the wall in advance and going to maybe sit, do the Sean Payton route, sit out a year, and then have interest in another team and have them come back and try to trade them. I think it's exactly that. Go to TV for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Let one of these networks give you a ton of money. Yep. Um, you know, definitely the the grind is minimal. I know like a lot of talk, like he recently got married and he's, he's like our age. Right. So it's like, um, I, I think it's just like getting out of Dodge. You see the writing on the wall. This team is imploding. Certainly less need. And, and him didn't think that, this team would crumble this fast. I'm sure they didn't. Um, when you get a guy like Jalen Ramsey and, and you know, Aaron Donald might not come back now, but you, you shit. If I'm Aaron Donald, I'm saying to myself, why did I come back? Yeah, no, that's a fair question too. Matt Stafford, who knows mm-hmm. how that shoulders uh, holding up and you know, if he's even how long he's going to want to do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, it's totally like reset the situation for him because just like Sean Payton, who will, you know, um, certainly in the news with coach coaching wise, um, 
just like Sean Payton, he's going to be a, a attractive head coach whenever he's on the market. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like let's let's uh just go do TV for a couple years. He's he's a smart dude. Like he's a good looking dude. He's a marketable guy. Like marketable guy. Like let him you know like do his thing, and and then he'll end up getting one of these teams that are right on the cusp of winning um and 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 take it from there for sure i think i don't think it's a burnout i think looking at the future if you're the uh, part of the rams front office is burnout because it's a big mess but what do they say about him he's one of the young bright smart minds in football if you don't think that this smart mind doesn't see what is is to come oh yeah you're out of your mind he knows what's going to happen you you got one of the greatest football players ever on your team and probably the greatest football player that Sam and I have got the pleasure to watch in our lifetime uh, and Aaron Donald and knowing that he's probably not going to be there. He is one of his best friends. Whitworth retired last year. Right. So that's a huge offensive lineman that you have there. He's killing it on TV too. He, he is. Yeah, he absolutely Amazon. is. Yeah. To your point, Stafford is, we don't know how much more time Stafford is here. So you got to, you got to rebuild that defense, which that defense looks terrible. Um, my guy, the line is terrible. Yeah, but... yeah. So there's too much going on there. I don't, I don't think he really wants to stay there for, I think he wants to go to a team that's somewhat uh, young and has a lot of good young pieces and, and build up there. And I think that's just the move that he, he is going to make. But speaking of young pieces, uh, a guy that's leaving, uh, potentially leaving college kids. We talked about him at the top of the show is Jim Harbaugh. Um, he interviewed for the Broncos head coaching position. Uh, he, I know he's been clamoring to get back into the league. I, I think that would be, that would be a good call by the Broncos because again, he actually has a track record in the NFL. Uh, he actually did well in the NFL and he's a, a, a player coach, right? He he's, he's a coach that guys come and rally behind. And I think he's, he is, a, I, I believe he's a leader of men from, what I've heard, especially with his time in, in San Fran, um, the Broncos need something. And I think that the energy he brings uh, would be would be great. Uh, see, you talked about it earlier, his his connection with with Cap uh, and, and how they were together. I think he can absolutely bring this team to where it goes. And he would be inheriting a phenomenal defense already, too, even though they let one of their better pieces walk. But uh, I. I honestly think he's going to jump to the NFL, whether it's the Broncos or somebody else. I don't see him uh, being big blues coach next year. Do you? I I would think it's, it's probably time if, if the right situation, I mm -hmm. mean, you have, I've heard some things too, like David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, who is one of the newer owners in the league, if not the newest owner or second newest owner, but it's got a lot of money to spend and likes that big splash. You know, he's, spent a fortune on Matt rule to buy him out of Baylor. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that could be a potential landing spot too. Carolina, an attractive place to live, to work. And certainly the roster has pieces, uh, there too, to, to quickly turn around. But yeah, I, I would agree with you, dude. I think, I, I think his days in um, at the big house are done and he's, uh, he's headed to the NFL, um, whether it's Denver or somewhere else, but, uh, kudos to Russell Wilson too. He played really well. I know that game didn't mean anything yeah. for him. I don't quite know why the Chargers um started everyone. Uh, Mike Williams got hurt, hurt his back. Yeah, um, that was not good. Uh, so I I don't really know if the ramifications if they won that game. I'm not sure if there were any at all. But um, 
yeah, Russ Wilson looked good. I know we've been dogging him all year, and rightfully so. But yeah, he looked good there. But uh, there's there's you know the Arizona spot. There's Carolina now. Uh, Denver. Not sure where else is open at the moment, but I'm sure um, John Harbaugh is on a sh- short list for all of those teams to um, be their next head coach for sure. I'm sure of it. And there um, was even the Peyton stuff. The, the the Broncos and the Saints still own his rights, and will Sean Peyton be coaching next year? They got to work. Whoever signs him has to work out a deal with the Saints. But um, you know, that's an option too, man. Um, they have to be on the short list for sure. Yeah. I I agree. I'm I'm really really curious to see about that. I I just know if Harbaugh comes in, he's gonna get paid hefty. Um, and I know Rokon Smith just got paid hefty today. Uh, he got a hundred million dollar deal, making him the highest paid linebacker in the league. Uh, the Ravens got one. They they stole him from the Bears. Who and this is why nothing. the Bears don't want to pay him. Yeah. And, Rip, yeah, and when you're a team this bad. You can justify that too. You know, I agreed. Agreed. I, I just, it's just hard for me. Like I know you have plans for for your future and what you're trying to do with your team, right? And I, I dig it. But when you have a, a centerpiece like that for your defense, it's hard. It'd be hard for me to part ways. Like I, I'd want to pay a young guy like this. Like I would want to yeah. to have him and build around him. Like other pieces on that team on that defense. I'd be more willing to part ways with that and but to keep a guy like him, you got to. But I also know they're they don't want to be locked in. It's it's the you gotta take you gotta really game plan and basically choose which way you want to go, choose the path that you see. Cause if they paid him, what are you gonna do to protect Justin Fields at that point? Right. So I think that's probably the mindset on that when they let him go, because they they lock up all that money that's going to leave less people that they can do to, to place and put around him. But I still, I find it hard to believe, but the Ravens, they need, they're known for defense and they got a bruiser uh, at linebacker. And I love the way that Rokon, Rokon Smith plays. Um, so shout out to him and shout out to the Ravens for locking him up for sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because the bears trade him, get some picks for him. And mm-hmm. now they have, the number one overall pick and like what do you do you get will anderson from bama who's a monster defensive mm-hmm. end linebacker guy but like so you're at best if he is roquan smith you're just resetting the table resetting the timeline there but um you know I, again your your team going nowhere fast you want to don't necessarily want to give up 45 million dollars guaranteed is what uh roquan got too um from the Ravens. so uh Certainly, Baltimore's got a lot of questions to to answer, uh, but it's good to know they have some money because they might need it for uh, Lamar. Yeah, if I'm if if I'm sitting there as Lamar and I saw that, like I'm happy for my guy getting your money, but that's some of the money that could have went to me. So what's up? And if I'm also Lamar, I'm not touching that field this weekend. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not touching that field. I've already proved that without me. This offense goes nowhere and it's been proven over and over again since he's been out. Uh, they're going to have to they're They're definitely going to play this fan, franchise tag battle right now. And I, if I'm the Ravens, I call up Ozzie Newsome <laughs> and have him seal the damn deal because 
Ozzy would do something to make sure that this is right. And I, if Ozzy was still there, this wouldn't even have been an issue. I truly believe Lamar would have already been signed to a great deal. That would have been great for him and also the team. But Lamar, I know you're not listening to this, but if somebody <laughs> knows him not. that is listening to this and send this to him and let him know this, know your worth, make sure you let that team know that Deshaun Watson got paid all this guarantee money. You caused no problems on the field, off the field, and you've won MVP in the second year of being in the NFL. I think you definitely deserve that, young man. So get your coin. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what the Ravens do there. If if not, uh, they can certainly tag him. Um, but they'll they'll definitely be some teams lining up um, to to have Lamar Jackson play for them. But he hasn't played in five. I mean, we'll get to previews previewing these games in a second. But you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't played in so long. Be yeah, from from a pure pro Lamar standpoint, you don't touch that field. But yeah, you know it's it's easier said than done when you're you're playing for fifty two other guys too. So, yeah. um, but yeah, the just last bit of news and certainly the best news out of everything we're going to talk about today is uh, Bills safety Demar Hamlin, who you know we spoke about last week, and certainly we all know who uh, suffered cardiac arrest on the field in Cincinnati against the Bengals on Monday Night Football. He's been released. Um, from the hospital uh, on uh, Monday and has flown home to Buffalo. And I think he's, he's working with the Buffalo hospital to, you know, make sure that he's in, he's where he needs to be um, to get his body and everything else. Right. But just uh, the NFL did a great job this weekend, um, honoring him, respecting him. um, And certainly the, you know, it's been a a tough week, but um, you know, just a, a heck of the week, a week for him and um, seeing what, how he's captivated not only the Bills and Bills Mafia, but players and, and teams around the league too. Just great to see, you know, sports aside, great to see that he is just, he is here with us and he is enjoying football with us. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what his, you know, long-term thing and you know prognosis is but if if there's a way that he could step foot in buffalo in in that in in that stadium he's going to oh yeah if he can show up on on sunday you imagine that place gonna go nuts man it's it's absolutely uh, this is i've i've thought about this uh when when we first got the good news that he was talking and facetiming the team i said I so would not be surprised if the Bills won the Super Bowl now. And the reason why is because this is a different type of momentum. This is you're fighting for your brother. This is a different type of energy. And when you think you're going to give up, you think of somebody like that and how close they are. Like it's it's a different type of fight. But that's going to be in several players across the league that are definitely in uh, the playoffs at this point in time. Uh, the Eagles quarterback, Miles Sanders, that's one of his best friends, literally his best friend. Um, grew up in Pittsburgh together, all that stuff, like hang out, all that. Um, so it, it's, 
man, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, if he does come out, Sam, it, it that place is going to already be rocking, but it'll be even crazier than that. And also shout out to the medical staff. I love what oh, they did 100%. for them at the beginning of that. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, what's his, his name? Denny. Um, I'm trying to remember the, the guy that actually administered yeah. the CPR. Denny. I, I can't remember his name, but he's he's truly what a hero is. Uh, and if it wasn't for him, uh, no telling where DeMar would have been. So I, I really love what they did. It was super tasteful as the Bills. And then also for them to start off that game with a, a, a oh, kickoff return. Yeah, against the Patriots, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to you, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, it's it's It just goes to show you all that, yes, one person can bring us all together and change our perspective on this. And I truly think this situation is going to change the NFL forever. Mark my words on that. Yeah, hopefully it's on the you know the off season or the CBA to come. We talked about like hopefully this radically changes uh benefits and and whatnot for players, both active and retired. Um and and you know he's you know a catalyst for change for sure. But yeah it's 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 showing how important of a moment in in sports that was and and I'm a Jets fan, diehard Jets fan. I hate the Bills. I don't like hate the Bills like I hate the Patriots, but I don't like the Bills. <laughs> but it's hard to not cheer for the Bills with, yeah. with all of this. Um, certainly, and um, yeah, the mo- this is a different kind of momentum, and it you know home field advantage. All that'll be interesting to see, like the neutral site stuff. If that you know what happens there, but they have a different kind of momentum. You nailed it on the head there. So it'll be certainly. Uh, Certainly fun to see the Dolphins visit the Bills on on Sunday afternoon. Um, yes, well, that's going to be interesting in itself because we don't know who's playing, but we'll get to that because we're getting to our wild card picks now. Sam, this is going to be a fun weekend. I got to be honest with you, I don't give a damn about the games on Saturday. I really don't care about the games on Saturday except for the first game, um, because it's in the NFC. Uh, but I think that one's probably sealed up and I'm talking about the Seahawks at the Niners 4 30 p.m eastern on Fox both Sam and I have the Niners but Sam I have to be honest I almost picked the Seahawks and I think I was a prisoner of the moment because Gino broke Russell Wilson's passing single season passing record. And and, uh, I, I kind of died laughing, but also I almost picked the Seahawks because I just watched how the Niners allowed the Cardinals to destroy their offensive line, which is not good with Brock Purdy is your quarterback. And it's not a Jimmy G or a Trey Lance. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I I believe I have the Niners, but the thing is, playoffs are the playoffs, and oh, every team made happen. it here, right? Oh, anything totally. can happen. But uh, I, I, the Niners are the Niners. <laughs> their, their defense has been playing so well. Yeah, they're going to be hard to stop. So Niners for both of us. Uh, what do you think about this game? You do you think it's going to be a close game? Do you think it's going to be a blowout for? for uh entertainment purposes i hope it's a close mm-hmm. game i mean i i think it would be i've kind of was 
I wasn't really even looking into it so much like the Brock Purdy stuff. And then I kind of just like looked at the numbers and watched some of like the highlights and some of the games and like, like they're playing really well. Like it's certainly not just about the quarterback. And with Kyle Shanahan, it's never been about the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I and mean, certainly you have Elijah, Elijah Mitchell now healthy and he's a number two behind Christian McCaffrey. And yeah, hopefully, you know, at some point they get Debo back and, um, but still like it's uh this this team is just really really good and yeah. um yeah no one thought the Seahawks would be here no one thought the Niners would be here under these situations right and third string quarterback Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant all of this but yeah I'm going with the Niners just just because I just think they're the the better overall team um but I'm I'm secretly rooting for Gino as a Jets fan that used to hate him. So, um, you know, happy for him in, in this moment. For I'm happy for him as well, too. Uh, I'm also happy for the Jags in this next game uh, because I have a little connection with Dougie P. Uh, but the Chargers uh, are at the Jags at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time in NBC on Saturday. Uh, Sam has the Jags. And I changed I it chargers. during the podcast. You, you changed it during the podcast? So you're yeah, going to Chargers the, as well? Yeah, I had the Chargers before, and I changed it to the Jags. I've just, I'm a huge, I like Justin Herbert. I like this Charger team a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's just been so many, like, they're both really, like, Justin Herbert's really good. Eckler's good. The receivers are good. The defense has its moments there. And they have definitely some pieces there. They're just so inconsistent. And it's, we've talked about it all season about like which coaches, which teams are just going to end up blowing it in moments like this. And I just, Brandon Staley, I I think it's just going to find a way to lose this game as he has in other big spots too. Um, and just watching this Jaguars team. Um, and even though they kind of, you know, they came from behind a bit and against the Titans last week on a, was it Thursday night and um you know the one the division and or Saturday rather and and one of the division did all that but just this team's playing well Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl he's the exact opposite of Brandon Staley and I'm just you know uh, I don't think they match up as well like certainly the Jaguars aren't as talented of, of a team but I'm just going with the momentum right now and I just think um my guts just tell me the Jaguars are gonna win so the funny thing is I went back and forth about this game too. And uh, for several of the factors that you mentioned as well, uh, I just like the way that the Jags are playing. They're playing with heart. And I know very, very well what a, a Dougie P team does in the playoffs and the type of heart that they have and the type of quarterback guru he is um, being a former quarterback himself. Uh, he's got that team and that offense buzzing. And I would not be surprised if there is a victory speech ending with the Duval at the end of it. But I really don't trust uh, Brandon Staley uh, at all. I really, really don't. Um, but the Bosa brother is back, right? He's been back. I don't think so. No, he's not back. Okay. So I yeah, I might. So. I'm gonna stick with the Chargers, but in my heart of hearts, it's, <laughs> it's like after Jags. all that, I'm still going Chargers. Yeah, I, I'm <clears throat> my heart of hearts is saying Jags though. Um, Sunday, 
I will be watching every single one of these games. Uh, maybe Sam will be watching them with me. Who knows? We'll see. We'll figure it out um, if Sam is feeling better. But 1 p.m. Eastern time on I'm CBS. I'm excited about this Jags Charger game. I'm not I'm, excited about the first game as much, but you said Saturday games aren't. You're not into it. I'm excited about this. I, yeah, I could care less about that Jags Chargers game. Okay, I, I mean, I fine. do. I'll probably, I mean, it's also my anniversary, so I won't. That's why I'm not, because I'm not investing any time in it. So I won't. Happy anniversary. Thank you. What? It's playoffs. Yeah, I know. Trust me. I know. Wasn't too happy about that. Uh, Let's just say uh, my lady flip-flop and was not supposed to be here this weekend, and then she decided she wanted to spend our anniversary together. So here we are. Anyway, I'll be watching the game Sunday. And Poor Brandon. Uh, <laughs> so happy she doesn't listen at to this podcast. The Eagles, at least the Eagles aren't on. Oh, listen, there, there was a very thorough conversation uh, early in our relationship about when the Eagles play. I don't care when anybody else plays, really. I'll watch. If it's a big game, I'm going to watch it, too. But when the Eagles play, I don't care what you got going on. I'm watching it because I'm going to find a link. I'm going to go to a bar. I'm going to be at it. I don't care. Uh, I'm watching it. So we have an understanding and we good on that. But uh, <laughs> I have an understanding that the Dolphins are at the Bills and both Sam and I picked the Bills. And it's probably because we don't even know if two is playing. And if two is not playing, Teddy Bridgewater, oh, no, no shot. two gloves not playing. So that means Skylar Thompson is playing, which means they absolutely have no shot. But even if Teddy two gloves or two is playing, I still give them absolutely no shot. Uh, it's Bill's Mafia all the way, especially if DeMar Hamlin shows up to that game. It is over. Um, but even like I said before, with the energy that they have right now and fighting for their brother in arms, I, I don't see too many people beating them right now. The momentum is definitely on their side. I, uh, yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I think even with Tua playing, I don't give them much of a shot. Uh, that said, I'm not an idiot. Anything could happen. It's it's playoff football. But um, yeah, Skylar Thompson, Teddy Two Gloves. Good luck, man. Uh, and Tua's man. I I just feel bad for Tua. It's like brains, like mashed potatoes at this point. Like, do just... the Dolphins stick with Tua? This was a conversation at the beginning of the year. Tua started to ball out at the beginning of the year. Then he had the two major concussions. Then came back, won some, and now he's back out again. Does the Dolphins do the, do Dolphins. the Dolphins move forward? Uh, I yeah, I, I don't, I don't see how that's a question unless you, you know, someone much much better is available, and I don't think that. I mean, Tua has been perfect for this offense, certainly. Mike McDaniel likes to throw the ball and the running game has been a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially with Skylar Thompson there, you can't do a lot of the stuff that Tua can do. And certainly even Teddy can do like the RPO stuff. That's been a problem. Certainly they've lost a ton of games since, right? Like five in a row or something like that. Like they haven't won in December. Well, until, well, yeah, it's January. They haven't won in December or something like that. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, you to a healthy. I think you have to focus on getting to a healthy. You have to look into your medical staff. You have to look into everything that went wrong medically on on this team and all of the the missed protocols and whatnot. And 
maybe focus on just I know you got Theron Armstead, but like sure up that line a little bit more and go from there. I don't I don't see why Tua isn't under center next year, especially with the success that he's had in this offense and with uh Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill. I, I don't think it's a question. Okay. I just I just had to ask, you know, I had to see what the people because you know it's going to be a storyline throughout the whole offseason. So I want to get ahead oh, of sure. this. Um, but I also want to get ahead of this because I'm going to say I called it uh, now that the Giants are going to beat the Vikings on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Uh, I just believe that the clock, the Vikings clock is going to run out of time finally um, of them playing and being a second half and being the, the comeback kids uh, that they've been throughout the whole season. I think it's finally time for them to really poop the bed and uh, and not actually get to where they could be because they don't feel like playing up to their potential. And I can't believe I'm saying that for the Giants. Uh, but with what Brian Dable has done with his team, uh, it's hard for me not to say he's the coach of the year and how he's got them playing. But again, I still don't believe in Danny Ducks, but that is just me. Um, but I... I could see the Vikings winning this game. Yeah, I'm I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Sam, all year you've been crapping on the Vikings. All year. You're saying they're they're Ooh. average at best. They're not that good. They're frauds. There were a couple weeks where I was like totally in on the Vikings and admitted it. But like I'm still going the Vikings, but and I know you're like, you just said all this stuff about Brandon Staley. Yes, you're you're right. And it's Kirk Cousins. It's not in prime time, but <laughs> it's 430. It's it's a national network game. Like all eyes are on Kirk Cousins. Like, I don't know. I this Vikings team is clearly better than this Giants team. I think that I mean any Giants fan would tell you that. But yeah. I I just think they'll win because they're the better team. But I don't know. I just have feel I have a feeling they'll win because they're just the better team, but I would not be surprised if Kirk Cousins just turns into a, you know, whatever. So am I hedging? Sure. But I'm going Vikings here. That's fair. Um, This one is, is interesting, and it's only interesting because we don't know if Lamar is playing or not. And that is the 815 game on NBC is the Ravens at Bengals. Again. Uh, yeah, again, uh, if Lamar is playing, this could be a different, uh, an interesting game. Uh, but I don't know how interesting because we haven't seen Lamar play in several weeks. And to come back into the playoffs and just be slinging the ball is hard. I mean, he's probably going to need to warm up in the first quarter for them to do to be somewhat of him. He's always going to have his legs on him, and I, that's something he doesn't need to warm up. But his, his vision... It's definitely going to need to warm up a little bit. But if you you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Uh, but the thing is, you're running into a Bengals team that is Super Bowl ready. So good luck to the Ravens. Uh, this might be a sayonara, see you next year type situation, which I truly feel is the case. And so does Sam because he has chosen the Bengals. And I think this is the time of year that Sam starts to support Thorough Burrow. 
per name. Oh, I've been on the um, Burrow bandwagon. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm saying this is when you hear we hear more from you about Joe Burrow this time of year. So the floor is yours, Sam. Uh Joe Burrow is just an ice cold killer. That's it. He is. He is. This Bengals team is just so much better than this Ravens team. And I'm and there's no assurances that Lamar is even gonna, as you mentioned, get on the field, let alone play. Mm-hmm. Um and he hasn't practiced in five weeks or so, like sprained MCL. Um, so I, I, they definitely don't have a shot with without him. Um, and certainly he's capable of, of doing so much under center and essentially is the offense of this team. Um, but yeah, I don't think it'll be close. Home playoff game for Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll it'll be much of a contest i kind of question why this is like the sunday night game because unless they know that lamar is playing i don't see much appeal in this game uh so that that's that's interesting but i i mean i guess you can make that argument about a lot of these games but just i think it's interesting that this is a sunday night game but um you know the the matchup of jackson burrow would would be the answer there, but I I just don't think we're going to see Lamar Jackson, and if so, I don't. We're definitely not getting a hundred percent Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't think we're getting him either. Um, and that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, because I want to see him play in this game, but as I said before, I if I'm Lamar, I'm not touching the field, and I don't care what the Ravens fans think. I don't care what ownership thinks or the coaching staff. Uh, I didn't get paid. I'm not going to risk my future. This was my knee, which is a very huge part of my game. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do it for a game that they're probably going to lose if he's still there anyway. It's interesting so. though. He could have, should have taken a much harder stance. I mean, I know. Okay. Like he got hurt, mm-hmm. but there wasn't any of this in the preseason or at the beginning of the season. It was why is Lamar doing this? Not only is he representing himself, which power to him. I hope he's doing a good job because they uh teams are brutal, man. They'll they'll find a way to exploit you. They'll tell you to your face how bad you are and how they don't want to resign you. So, you know, kudos to kudos to him. But um it's just a I don't know. I can't see if he's not healthy, like wanting to go out there. Yes, he could tear his MCL, he could tear his knee up. And then that'll cost him all the next year and mm-hmm. a ton of money. But I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that he's even going to lose a lot of money, even though he hasn't played in five weeks or f- six weeks, however long it's been. Like, I'd still imagine his his demands are probably probably the same, if not more. It's like, look yeah, at yeah. But if he gets injured, he doesn't have a guaranteed contract, and that's the only thing. That's right. that's the the Dak scenario with Dallas. Like you didn't, we were talking about that for weeks is we don't know what's going to happen. Like he's injured. He doesn't have a guaranteed contract. What are they going to do? Are they going to do right by him or not? And that's a lot of mystery for Lamar. And as we know, this is a business, right? This is a cutthroat business. They don't, you're right. At the end of the day, yes, he's one of the greatest talents that's in the league currently, but if he tears his ACL and then he's no longer the Lamar Jackson, that he once was with that speed, like that alters a lot of things. So I, if I don't have anything guaranteed, I'm not risking it. Uh, it's it's fair. I would definitely not get on that field if I don't feel comfortable. 
I yeah. think playing hurt, like playing to a point where like Jalen Hurts was this past week, where it's mm-hmm. like Sirianni says after the game, like, trust me, he was hurting. Yeah, I you wish know, he like, never said that, by the way. Really why? wish he never said that. Why? It didn't need to be said. It could have been kept in house. It didn't need to be said. Yeah, I don't think Jalen probably wanted that out either. I'm 100% sure Jalen didn't want that out. I don't, That's it fair. just didn't need to be said, period. He could have just said, you know, I, I know Jalen was sore during the week. You know, I'm sure he might have been sore during the game, but you know what? We, you know, we won, and that's the moral of the story. He could have said something like that. Yeah, that's that's the that's coach it. speak. That's probably what he should have said. Yeah, but he didn't. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, game, both have the Bengals here. Yes, the game that uh, I'm most looking forward to because of how how close it is to me is the Cowboys at the Bucks. Yes, the Cowboys have a better record than the Bucks, <laughs> but the Bucks won their division, so the Cowboys have to go to the Bucks on uh, Monday night, eight fifteen Eastern on ESPN. Sam and myself both have the Bucks. I'm going to say Sam chose the Bucks because he has PTSD and knows <laughs> what Tom Brady does, uh, and I somewhat have PTSD, but my team was able to avenge. You did it. 95% of my PTSD against Tom because he did win the Super Bowl against my team. I just, I, I mean, he, yeah, we laid it out, man, about the Cowboys. Sorry to interrupt you there. Mm-hmm. Just, I just, to play like that against, you know, the Redskins and just look like a mess, you can't feel good about going into Tampa Bay. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Um, I, I just, it's hard to go against Tom. And it's hard to go against Tom when I saw what the Cowboys just did against the Commanders and a third string quarterback. Uh, it's if I again, as I said before, as you said before, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm I would genuinely be concerned. Uh, but a lot of Cowboys fans that I know are absolutely delirious, so they are going to believe <laughs> that this is still their chance. Uh, I'm not talking to the ones that I know that are realistic about this, uh, but there's very few Cowboys fans that are realistic about this. So uh, I don't feel sorry and won't feel sorry if the Cowboys lose. And I kind of just want to bet money on the Bucks. So I got to see. I, what uh, mine is. Yeah. I uh, have a lot of Cowboy fans that are realistic in my life and they're none of them are very confident right now. Yeah, And they shouldn't be. They really should not be. It's that defense that was scaring teams is not scaring anybody right now. Micah Parsons, I haven't heard his name in weeks. And I'm a big Micah Parsons fan because of his connection to Penn State. I haven't heard anything about Diggs. I haven't heard anything about that secondary. Haven't heard anything about their pass rush. Nothing like that. And then offensively, yes, I've heard all about the offensive side, but I've seen who's throwing the ball right now, and he doesn't look as sharp as he has. He can. They've shown in times that they can, and they've they've hung their hats on beating the Eagles with their backup quarterback, and who still almost beat them. And you think that's kind of like the nail in the coffin was was like everyone saying like all the Michael Parsons stuff about the Eagles. Kind of feel like at that, that. I mean the. Cowboys have been teetering all year and obviously they get a lot more media attention than any other team because they are the Cowboys, but Mm -hmm. that was a door that just didn't need to be open and you were quickly proven wrong. 
And here you are, you have a $40 million quarterback and you can't mm-hmm. win games. Yeah. I, I, I think the biggest hole for them is their, their secondary and it's, and, and what teams and the Eagles kind of gave teams the blueprint of how to play against Micah is you run the ball directly at him and you take him out of the game. That's what they did the first game when Jalen was there. And yes, they had their backup quarterback, but as an Eagles fan, I'm not complaining about or rubbing in the face that we beat a backup quarterback. I believe they were still a good team at that time. They were, they were running, running through games. people. They were yeah. running through people at that point in time. And then what they did against the Eagles with Gardner Minshew, who hasn't played valuable minutes in since last year, uh, and basically like the end of the season when they were resting people. And then you go and lose to a third string quarterback, like that a rookie third string quarterback, and he made you guys look like fools. I just I'm telling you, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm literally chomping on my nails right now, scared of shit, because this is what it is. So it's gonna be a good game. I know it's gonna be a good game. Uh so I'll, I'll be intrigued to see what happens. I don't know if they're scared. I just think they're realistic and know that this is gonna be they could the Cowboys could definitely win this game. There are they many could, outcomes absolutely. where they could win absolutely. this game. It's not like it's a landslide. Let's not like we're talking about some of these uh, the some of these other games we just talked about. It's totally possible. It's just the way they've been playing and who they're playing against does not seem likely. Agreed. Right the time. Agreed. And that's saying something when the Bucks are, you know, barely 500. Yes. Yes. So, but yeah, man, those are our picks. So we both have the Niners. I have the Jags. You have the Chargers. Both have the Bills. I have the Vikes. You have the Giants. Both have the Bengals and both have the Vikes or the, the Bucks. Going to be a, a fun weekend, a football wildcard weekend. For sure. Hey, uh, you want to end this thing? Play some uh, Do You Care? Let's go. After uh, weeks of back and forth and almost signing with three teams, Carlos Correa just signed a six-year deal to come back and play for the Minnesota Twins after his deal with the Mets falls apart due to a physical uh, ankle injury that he had years ago and, um, you know, didn't look good to give him all the amount of years and money that that the Giants and Mets were looking to give him. So instead, he signs a six-year deal that will give him about $42.5 million more over the life of the deal than the Mets would. Do you care? No. Um, for baseball purposes, uh, yes. I mean, he flirted with several teams, uh, <laughs> literally was signed to a team, uh, <laughs> it leaves, uh, can't pass a physical. I saw earlier today before, uh, today when, when we're recording this, to be clear, uh, that talks were heating up with the Yankees again. And I was just like, all right, can we just, can this guy just figure out where he's going to go? Like what, what is going to happen here? But I, it's, it's very, very smart in the Mets. I, I shout out to my boy, Max. I know he's a diehard Mets fan and he was, stressing about what was going on in Carlos Carrera. And he was the one that actually called. He's like, he's going to go back to the twins. Like I'm calling it right now. So he called it. Um, but it's, it's just so crazy that this has happened, but I, I'm, I'm actually proud by the move by the Mets and Yankees to not invest that money in him and, and him being a wild card with his health and spending all that money. So 
I mean, he did well with the Twins. The Twins are still building something out there, but I, I mean, I guess they will see what happens. And uh, they don't have Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is currently a free agent right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. Uh, but yeah, don't really care. Uh, do yeah. you care? I no? don't care. I think this was a luxury for the Mets. I know we we were talking about this earlier, just mm-hmm. offline. Like this was a smart move by. Mets owner Steve Cohen to not yeah he's got a ton of money he's using that money but he's not just throwing money against the wall and throwing at anything like they're making smart baseball decisions and um this was a luxury for the Mets they need they could use another bat I'm sure they will find another bat either via free agency there's not much left but or trade um but this was a you know a platinum glove shortstop that was going to play third base for them. Uh, so, so in that regard, you know, I, I would not fault Steve Cohen at all. I've heard yeah. people, I've heard people, you know, Mets fans being like, Oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Steve Cohen. It's like, no man, like this was, you mean a good look, decision. you're giving this guy a huge, long contract. And if you don't think he's going to hold up, then you're, you know, that's something. And the twins are in a position where it's hard to get people to come to Minnesota and you know you get guys like Scott Boris to get you to go to Minnesota when you get 43 million dollars more than what you were going to get yeah you're not getting a 10-year deal or whatever but um you know this is the kind of move that a small market team like the Twins needs to make if they're gonna attract any kind of free agent there I I don't care I I'm not a Carlos Correa fan I was a fan of him even when he was on the Astros before the whole cheating thing, I'm just he just rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked him coming up. Um, remember when he was drafted? You know, thought he was a hell of a defensive player. Always had him on my fan- fantasy team, but you know, um, not not a fan of Carlos Correa. Don't really care. Uh, good for the Twins though. Um, so yeah, there there that is. Man, <laughs> the Giants have fallen apart since the arson judge. Seven minutes of arson, Judge. I gotta oh. say. Hey. Anyway, speaking of something a little closer to home, your boy, our boy, Kevin Durant, expected to miss at least a month with an MCL sprain. Uh, that he suffered. Uh, was it Monday night? Got tripped up a little bit. Was it was Bam? It was Bam, right? Bam Adebayo. Uh, I think it was Jimmy. Jimmy Butler. I think was it was. It, Jimmy it was. It was. It was against the Heat. It was. Sure. It was Lowry with the the screen, and then he fell over Lowry and like. I think fell into Butler, but the way that his his knee twisted in was, that Lowry screen was was it? Yeah. So um, I mean, KD's been uh, been on one this year. I think he's only missed one game, but tw- almost twenty, almost thirty points a game, almost seven rebounds a game, five assists a game. He is he's playing really well. Um, you know, Kyrie said all the right things in the press conference, like. He's in good spirits. You know, we're the leaders of this team. We just got to keep playing. We got shooters on this team. Um, so certainly you don't want to miss one of the prolific scores in NBA history uh, on your team. But, um, you know, hopefully other guys can certainly step up with you. Uh, so do I care? Yes. I think this is, uh, you know, not what you want if you're a Nets fan. But, and uh, you know, we'll see if they can tread water without him. But what is your prognosis of? KD going down. 
this is terrible news. Um, I'm being that it's just a sprain. I'm very, very happy in that aspect. So I guess that's good news there, but it's never good to hear somebody injured because, but it could have been way worse. Uh, especially that he's had an MCL sprain before uh, and also has ruptured his Achilles. Uh, we are Achilles brothers uh, in theory. Uh, so I, I, I have a connection to him in that way. It's a, it's a secret society. Um, is it? It, it like is. Handshakes and stuff. Uh, we might, we might, when I meet him, we might automatically like our Achilles probably talk to each other. They sync up when we're together. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> But uh, no, with with Katie being gone, it's it, at the time that the Nets are number two in the East, and we're pushing for one. Uh, right behind the Celtics, they during this stretch they beat the Bucks, uh, which is huge. Uh, not something they were really doing at the beginning of the season at all, or barely contending with anybody. But what they have now, all the pieces are are now fusing together and they're, they're forming like Voltron. I, I think right now, one of the weakest links, which is upsetting because he wasn't is Joe Harris. Uh, and I think just because of the injury, like he hasn't really found his shot, but you have Royce O'Neal, you have Nick Claxton doing his thing. Who's in all-star voting right now. Kyrie yeah. has been playing absolutely out of his damn mind. Uh, so you have that going on. You have Seth Curry going there. You, you know, you have, uh, and uh, Yuta Watanabe as well, too, who's been like the surprise uh, yeah. uh, of that team and, and also one of the surprises of the NBA. For sure. Uh, so they have pieces there, It's but that is still a void that is going to be seen if they can fill uh, because that's you can never really truly fill a void of Kevin Durant not being there. Um, it, it's But with Kyrie alone, I think they can win some games and stay in some games. It's just, it's going to really, I think this is going to bring the team together uh, and, and hopefully they can continue to win. And I think with, with, uh, with uh, Vaughn as the head coach and how he's been coaching and, and he might be the coach of the year right now for, for the NBA, the way that he's brought this team together and how they played and the energy they have, I think they can still contend while Katie's gone. There you go. You said it better than I could. Thanks. You would know. I would. Good job. Thanks. Hey, uh, we'll we'll leave uh, everyone with this. Uh, last, do you care? Um, kind of. I wouldn't say kind of. I'd say going under the radar. Uh, UFC president, founder. I don't know what he founder. Yeah, both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana White was caught on video slapping his wife twice during an altercation on New Year's Eve. I know both uh, both his wife and Dana have have gone out and said, you know, this shouldn't have happened. This is hasn't happened before, and it will never happen again. Kind of thing. Um, certainly, it's something that I could certainly speak for Brandon and knowing him as well as I do that we would not condone uh, anything close to this. You don't you don't do that. But um, yeah, uh, I just think. We forgot to mention it last week and just something that kind of just got swept under the radar. I think, I think if it was other situations, it would be a little different, but um, yeah. Do you care? I do because of how it's being covered by media especially ESPN. Uh, They're quick to bring up other people's situations uh, when it comes to essentially domestic violence. And I know there's, I've been watching and reading comments of, 
how people have championed Dana and saying he was defending himself uh, because his wife did slap him first. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm never mind. I do know because I know your mother um, very, very well. And I know how my mother raised me is I'm not I'm not to raise my hand to a woman. It'd be different if she was trying to kill you or try to do something to that extent. And you're trying to defend yourself and fin fend off. Uh, she slapped him and he retaliated with two slaps. That's something that I don't ever condone. Um, and the fact that ESPN has kind of talked about it briefly and almost uh, being apologetic for him uh, is absolutely crazy to me, Sam. Uh, and and how people aren't talking about it when yet how Dana comes down so hard on the fighters that have domestic situations and how quick he is to suspend them and get rid of them. And his his response was talking about, you know, he always talked about uh, his fighters essentially being on TMZ and stuff like that. And then he ended up being that uh, person and that he was so sorry and whatnot. And I'm not one to to really, truly judge people on their worst day. But I judge Dana White on every chance I get, as you know. <laughs> So it's not just his worst days, every chance I get. And I've said he's a scumbag before. I will continue to say he's a scumbag. And this proves it even more to my point. So I don't care if you're championing him for defending himself. You don't raise your hand to a woman, let alone your wife. All right. In that situation, you you could easily have walked away and been the bigger person. And let this be a lesson to you individuals out there, man, woman, uh, whatever you identify as, is you can always be a bigger person in a situation and walk away. I'm not telling you that if you're in a situation that you have to defend your, your life to not do so, you do that. But in a situation like this, which it could have easily been de-escalated, walk away. It's not worth it for either party. Just walk away and think yeah. about it later, period. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I have nothing else to add there for sure. Um, the only thing I heard, I didn't, you know, I think too, a lot of the Damar Hamlin stuff yeah, a lot it, of yeah. media mm -hmm. coverage and rightfully so, but um, you know, I heard Stephen A, you know, who's very close to Dana, mm -hmm. kind of say exactly what you said, like, what would I, you know, he's got to he's got to do what he would do to one of his fighters. If that was the situation, Yep. but I haven't, I haven't really seen it, uh, brought, been brought up anywhere else. Um, no. so more to the point of why we wanted to take a couple minutes and, and bring it up, um, for sure. So yeah. Yeah. But I hate to end it on our show on that note, but don't worry. Uh, I'll bring us back up in a second. All right. Well, look at that. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Episode 83 of the Chasing Points podcast. And thank you uh, for all of you who have stuck by us for the last two years. It's been so much fun to uh, get to do this with um, just a really, really close friend, family to me. And uh, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun to be able to do this, uh, you know, once a week in the to talk sports and to have people listen and give their opinions is, is something beyond what I could, um, you know, ever dream of there. So that's so I appreciate it much, much love to everyone. And, uh, tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your kids, tell everybody, tell your, your whoever. Um, but yeah, thank you for following us online and, and the reviews and everything that continue to come in. We really appreciate it. So for Brandon, my name is Sam. 
Uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, Sam, that was cute. I'm blushing. Um, I just wanted to take time to speak to future Brandon. Uh, future Brandon, $1.1 billion, Brandon, uh, because you're going to manifest this lottery and win this uh, at 11 p.m. Future Brandon, I want to make sure that you make a promise to still come on this podcast and then elevate it with technology to reach there uh, to levels that are unheard of. Uh, future Brandon, I want you to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do. And what I mean by that is go on vacation and buy a house where you want to buy a house always where it's nice and sunny uh, and where nobody can get to and you're all by yourself. Uh, future Brandon, I want you to make sure that you never forget the little people that include Sam because um, he will be a very little person because I will be up in an airplane looking down at him and maybe sending a plane to come get him. Uh, just just remember, future Brandon, that he was there with you, wrote out with you to put this podcast together. And uh, yeah, don't forget all the other people that uh, that say they were there and weren't. Just make sure you rub it in your face. And when you get that billion, Brandon, well, be half of that. So it'd be like, 500 million uh make sure you find a way to slap the piss out of dana white uh to let him know how it feels on that note i am out of here guys future billionaire brandon will be speaking to you bye godspeed